It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Oh yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, superheroes, and our mothers, yes. so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And today is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. We'll get that out of the way, Mike. Good call on that one. So <laughs> if you're a mother listening to this, happy Mother's Day. I've got a story about my grandmother in one of these topics later, so... Oh, uh, I was kind of like uh, hoping that you totally forgot today was Mother's Day, and that was the moment that you found out in the middle of the podcast, and you're no. just like, oh, we gotta wrap this up, Mike, I got a lot of things to do. <laughs> no, 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 no. Much like you, um, you I, we, I don't live within, like, you know, um, arms throw of, of, of my parents, so it, we, we, we scheduled that out well in advance, so. Um, but to any mothers listening, happy Mother's Day. It's also wedding season. I know a listener of the show, uh, Kristen, she's getting married, got married this weekend. So congratulations to you uh, and, you know, your uh, your husband. So congratulations. But this week we're also buying our Spider-Man tickets, Mike. That's mm-hmm. important. Got to get those early because I think this movie is going to have a lot of seats filled that opening weekend. Uh, we say farewell to the CW as we knew it, Mike. We hardly yes. knew her. Uh, I think we, we said farewell a long time ago, but, you know, everyone else who's still there, is, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, Superman is looking for his Lex Luthor, and, uh, you know, whatever that means. I guess that's the villain, right? It's that confirmation that Lex <laughs> Luthor is going to be the villain of this movie. Uh, and more. Yeah, it's... Uh talking about the cw i feel like i've used this uh grant gustin giving the peace sign in front of the gravestone meme on uh multiple other superhero slate uh images Uh for episodes so i'm like well maybe this will be the last time i actually use it uh until it uh until it ends and resurrects again who knows The CW, formerly known as WB, formerly known as whatever it was, U, was it UPN as well before that? So yeah, and I swear I feel like it was something else, but maybe I'm just maybe I'm just imagining things. Yeah, I will I will give them credit that the CW is the first like station I knew that really put themselves into a streaming app. Um, uh, and and I guess we can talk about that later when we get to that point. But like, do you remember like the CW Seed, where like you they had like yes. the animated Arrow spinoff shows and stuff like that. They were like, we're gonna really just put our put our content in there. So, I mean, yeah, I know I'll, there's. I think about them like that. I know, like the the streaming wars may or may not be coming to an end, to a lull, to a to a rest, right? And it, it may or may not be messy for consumers out there in the world. But I am glad that we're moving past the weird like one-off random apps that the networks like tried to like stand up like the cwc is a cool idea but i'm glad like i don't have to think about it really ever anymore you know like i there was like just a couple years ago like if you wanted to like watch like the super bowl or something you would need like the the nbc Mm -hmm. app like what's the nbc app like what is that (laughs) like right that doesn't make any sense like well i know what peacock is that's like their official streaming service so like all of these kind of like weird standalone apps that like were 
like half-hearted like attempts from like their marketing departments or whatever are like finally like you know they're unnecessary so we just need to concentrate on one singular yeah. app we, i'm we, still waiting for this max app to come out i don't know if uh, i'm gonna have to download it or if it'll automatically take over what i got on my rokus on my phones well, i guess we'll the, the thing would be if max is a combination of discovery and hbo max one of those has to go so my hopefully it would just be that they update the hbo max app right i feel like that's where maybe more of their constituents live because the name carried over um, yeah you would think <laughs> but you know um the people running that they're idiots so we'll we'll see how this yeah how this plays you know and this is th- this is not the only time on today's episode we're going to be talking about streaming services merging into one mm-hmm. and idiots a lot of idiots <laughs> in the show too um, but I was segueing into a streaming app I was watching this week, Mike, a streaming show on Disney Plus called The Muppets, The Electric Mayhem. Mm-hmm. Uh, the series, an entire series, 10 episodes dropped completely on Wednesday of this week on Disney Plus. Uh, it's very rare for Disney to actually do like a full drop on a show. Um, but watching the first, I, I didn't know how long these were going to be, right? I kind of, I knew about the show. I know the premise, The Electric Mayhem. They've been making music for years. They're they're popular. They're, they're a cultural phenomenon, but no one they've never recorded a full album, right? They're always doing covers, um, stuff like that. So and they got some originals, but like they never did an album. And I was like, I don't know, are these like ten minute episodes, right? They could be like twelve minute kind of kind of things. They're actually full thirty minute episodes on the streaming app. So I was like, oh, this is not gonna sit down and watch them all in one one go. Here we're gonna we're gonna space these out. But um, in true Muppet fashion, Mike, in true Muppet fashion. They have cameos like it's nobody's business in this. Like the opening episode alone has uh, Chris Stapleton, Little Nas X, uh, you know Ryan Seacrest, Steve Aoki, uh, Danny Trejo, um, and, and and more. There's there's um, there's several more in this. So it, it's really really fun to, um, to to see that and get into it. And and, and you know the Electric Mayhem, they're not really the, I guess the. Um, the main cast of Muppets, right? They're just like an ancillary kind of musical number that's that tags along with them. So it was very interesting to watch this and not have any other main Muppets kind of appear, at least in the first episode. So yeah, um, I, I wonder if it'll be like all of those other kind of like spin-off type of franchises where we're like, oh my god, are we gonna see? Are we gonna see? And then like the the season finale, oh my god, Kermit, he's making yeah. a cameo. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they do. Um, for that, but I, I am excited to kind of watch it and, and go along with it. It's been fun. You know, first episode was, was entertaining. Um, any any new Muppet stuff out of Disney is always nice. Yeah. You know, it sometimes it, feels like they're a forgotten IP. And, and the best thing about them, right, the Muppets, they, they are known for literally their movies and shows which parody everything else, right? It's easy mm-hmm. to just replace it, anything in a, in a storyline with the Muppets, and you're like, oh, this is great. Um, and the, this is, you know, a behind the music, right. Kind of, kind of parody, if you will, of the band and everything getting together and, and just how kind of cool the electric mayhem are. Uh, it, it, it's great. It, well, I didn't really care for it. Was it the last show? Was it called just the Muppets? Right. It wasn't like the office parody kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, oh, that's, that really, you know, doesn't do the sketch comedy, the zaniness of the Muppets well. So this kind of brings it back. I'm excited to kind of dive through this show and, and, you know, just letting people, no, it's on Disney Plus if you want to watch something Muppet related. Um, the other thing I was able to finally watch this week, I had a friend, um, he had a, some, some, I guess, uh, periodontist work done this week. So he was uh, under, the, what's the, 
I guess under anesthesia. So he mm-hmm. he came over and I was like, "You're not gonna drive for a while, buddy." So after he slept off most of it, we ended up sitting down and. Um, I let him have access to my entire library of stuff we could stream, right? And I, I I was never expecting your your uh, basement media room to double as a recovery center for yeah. post uh, for post surgical procedures. Absolutely, <laughs> it's the best place to be, Mike. You can have anything you want down here. Um, and uh, after you know, kind of going through the most recent things, we finally got to the unbearable weight of massive talent, continuing unintentionally my Nicolas Cage streak for two weeks in a row here after watching Renfield last week. Uh, I, I know the memes from this movie way more than I knew the movie kind of going mm-hmm. into this. Um, and uh, it is actually way, I think this is better than Renfield by a long shot and a very charming film along the way uh, starring Nicolas Cage and Austin and Pedro Pascal. And it is a- absolutely a, a, a fun, fun journey through Nicolas Cage, you know, being a self-centered, you know, thinks he's the best actor playing that character, right? Not necessarily him in real life. It could be him in real life. I don't know. And then also dealing with like, um, a, a arms dealer who is obsessed with him, if you will. Um, not in a bad way, but like, you know, like, like, like you've seen the trailers, right? There's a, Mm -hmm. a a statue of him made with the guns from the movie. So, uh, absolutely. I I don't want to give anything away. It's, 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 but it is a really fun journey watching uh, again, Pedro Pascal, who's, who's come from Mandalorian and, um, what was the other show he just did? Uh, Last of Us. Last uh, of Us. This, and then, you know, seeing Nicolas Cage, where they literally reference every movie I think he's ever done in this at some <laughs> point. Uh, absolutely good time, Mike. So I, I, I can't recommend this one enough. This is, a, this is a fun little watch at the end of the day for, for those who want to revisit Nicolas Cage's history of films and also, you know, get more of your Pedro Pascal and everybody, everybody wants him right right now. So you can go, go sit back for a couple hours and watch that. So I recommend it. Uh, um, absolutely. So tell me what you're, you got, you got, you have a thing here. The first one, I don't know. The second one, I do. so tell me about the first <laughs> I, one here. I can, I can always tell when you have no idea what I've been doing when you, when you struggle to try to I don't, throw away. I can't it. transition. Yeah. I can't transition to this first one. So I'm like, get, lay, lay it on me here. Yeah. There's this uh, new animated series on HBO max, or I guess just max, whatever you're supposed to be calling it now called fired on Mars. It stars, uh, Luke Wilson voicing the main character, and I didn't know anything about it going into, but I was like pleasantly surprised. It's a story about kind of imagine like a SpaceX style of company uh, finally uh, adapts a colony on Mars. And it's uh, a fully functioning colony with like offices and buildings and structures and everything. Right. And you're kind of there with kind of the first wave of people that are inhabiting uh, Mars. And our main character, voiced by uh, Luke Wilson, is uh, the only graphic designer on Mars, which I could relate with okay. <laughs> by uh, career choice. But it's hilarious because he's the he's the first person in the space colony to get fired because they realize very quickly a graphic designer is extremely unnecessary on Mars. So he's like struggling to find like, well, what is he going to do next? And he's just surrounded by a bunch of uh, idiots and he's kind of like a pushover. So like they're, they're like, they can't like straight up kick him out of the colony, but they got nothing for him to do. So he's just like aimlessly like floating around through this company, like trying like not to get ejected out onto the Mars surface. It's, it's a very, 
it, it feels very like King of the Hill in um in like humor and also like animation and style, but it kind of has like this subversive quality to it. So like if you're just kind of looking just for something kind of like just like weird and like goofy and very like uh very uh script driven, uh go check out Fired on Mars. It's mm-hmm. it's very fun. They made this like fun creative choice to um, like all of the technology in this show is like kind of feels like you're on like an old Apple like Macintosh. So like occasionally they'll show like a, the UI on a screen and you're like looking at like the old like, you know, Apple menu and toolbars. So it's just like it's fun. There's a lot, a lot of really fun stuff going on. So awesome. if you're if you're intrigued by all these things that I'm saying, go check out fired on mars uh, i i don't really hear anybody talking about it and the way in which things are going over at max with zavslov i i really doesn't feel like this is probably going to get a second season uh so just enjoy it <laughs> while it lasts is what i'll say um but i have no other way to transition to this because well, I, didn't, I, I was going to transition myself this open. because i was a nicholas cage one. i was like maybe if we flip these because Nicolas Cage will lead into this, because you have watched what I'm going to affectionately call a geezer teaser this week. A geezer teaser? Okay, yes. yeah. Because old white men love to watch these types of movies. <laughs> yes, the ultimate uh, dad fanfic, if you yes. will. Uh, so I mentioned a few weeks ago on the podcast how I not really tricked my wife into watching John Wick, but I got her sucked in, right? I got her sucked into the universe. We ended up watching all of them, and we actually uh, loved it when we actually got to go to the theater, and we got to watch together our first John Wick movie as a unit, as a couple in a movie theater. So I was like, I've effectively sucked her into this movie. Uh, And then there's another franchise that I don't really want to get her sucked into. I just want her to watch the first film because it's Mm -hmm. the only good one out of everything. Thank God there's only three. So, (laughs) but there's also a network TV show too. They made like 20 plus episodes of it too. We're not going to go down that road, but yeah, there's at least (laughs) three movies. So yes, go on. Yes. But the aforementioned movie I'm talking about is taken from 2008, the Liam Neeson uh, reinvention vehicle. And uh, I don't even remember how it came up in conversation in our home, uh, but I was like, wait, have you seen Taken? And she's just like, no, I've never seen it. And I was like, oh, my God, we're going to watch Taken. And then she's like, I'm not watching that movie. So uh, a day went a day went by, and I decided the best thing to do is we, we were um, – uh, I don't know, we were either waiting on something cooking in the other room, but we had like 30 minutes to kill. So I was like, okay, we have 30 minutes to kill. We're going to watch the first 30 minutes of Taken. And if you don't like it, we do not have to watch the last hour of the movie because luckily the movie's only 90 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hit play and we start watching it and I'm just thinking in my head, please, please, please let the speech that he gives on the phone to the kidnappers as they take his wife from under the bed. Please let that come in in under 30 minutes because that's the whole thing. Right. That's what sells that's the, the movie. That, that is that, the, the, the inciting yeah, incident right there. Yeah, the, I think shot for shot, the entire sequence is in the trailer. That's how you got people to the theater to watch this, right? So I'm like, come on, come on. So I keep like glancing over at my phone. Luckily, she's watching it in earnest. No, not like, you know, randomly scrolling on her phone that like everyone out there in the, in the world is guilty of when they're forced to watch something right so she's in it and it's, it's funny watching her interact with something that came out so long ago and you know she, she spotted very quickly because what these teens are doing over in Europe is they want to follow uh, U2 on tour mm-hmm. and like even back in 2008 teenagers didn't like U2 and yeah, my wife yeah, was just yeah. like wait why is this teenager trying to follow U2 and I was like I'm glad you caught that everybody they probably everybody wrote, said 
<laughs> they probably wrote the movie in the 90s and it took them that long to get it, you know, picked yeah. up. Exactly. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm like nervously looking down at my phone. I'm just like, oh, come on. I didn't realize there were all this like pop star bodyguard stuff at the beginning of the movie. Come on, let's get through it. And then like clockwork, we get to like the 20, like six minute mark. And the girls finally start to get kidnapped. I'm they, like, oh, oh man, are we going to get it? There's an opportunity the, for you to say the girls were taken, but go on. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, the, the the second he finishes his speech, like, he delivers, like, the last line. And there's, like, a dramatic kind of pause after the kidnapper says, like, good luck. Like, they, they scene transition to, like, Liam Neeson, like, rushing around in his car making phone calls. So I paused it. I looked down at my phone, and we were at, like, 29 minutes and change. Yeah. And I was like, all right, babe. Yeah. I looked over yeah. at her. I was like, I mean, are we going to finish the movie? And she was like, son of a bitch. Yeah, we're going to finish it. I was like, yes, because yeah. that's the moment. You can't deny it. I've seen this movie a few times over the years. I actually saw it in theaters back in the day because it was an action movie and I was a boy, a teenage boy. So I was going to go watch this film. Oh, yeah. And it, and, the, and, the, and it still gets me that moment. Like the beginning of the movie is a little cheesier than I remember it being. Um, and a little corny at times, but yeah, once the, once the movie gets into it, like I was going to look this up, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of stunt coordinator crossover between taken the first taken and maybe some of the John wick movies. Cause I know the John wick movies are just like littered with probably like every professional stunt person in the industry has probably run through that franchise by now because mm-hmm. they have, they need a lot of them, I think just to make the movies. But like, I was actually surprised how much of the actual action in the movie taken holds up right you know you I, you remember the the infamous scene that everyone has shared to death in like taken three where it's like 40 cuts of the camera to get Liam Neeson over a single fence and I was like oh no does that actually actually happen in like the first taken movie is there a lot of that like jump cut and like nonsense the first film I was like no the first film still holds up as a pretty good action flick so uh if anyone out there is trying to convince a loved one to watch it, just have them commit to just the first 30 minutes. I think it's really easy to sell somebody on a 30 minutes. Let's just watch this while the roast is cooking in the oven or something like that. Mm. And then they'll be, they'll be taken by it. Oh my so God. that's my, that, yeah, but I, I promised I was like, we're not going to watch the other ones. I, I know they're bad. I haven't seen them. So <laughs> first one holds up. Go well, give it a watch. The the other thing about this movie, and you know, I don't know if you're gonna bring it up or not. This was written by Luc Besson, right? Who did Leon the Professional in the Fifth Element from like the mm-hmm. '90s. So like, if you, I, I feel like he knows what he's doing a little bit. And again, he didn't direct it, but I feel like he knew the story and how to like get people in, right? Like, all right, the first third of it is the setting this world. The second, you know, the the next two thirds are literally just the action, scene by scene by scene, uh, all the way through. So. I, I think Taken's good, but I, I still classify that in, you know, that the Expendables, right? Um, movies like anything Clint Eastwood, those are what we call geezer teasers over here mm-hmm. because old guys just love to watch these movies to see another old guy, you know, get the drop on on somebody. So uh, Taken definitely definitely fits that, that bill. Mm-hmm. So glad you guys got through the first one, and I'm even more happy you're not watching the second two, Mike. So, so congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Are you watching the TV show instead? No, okay, absolutely not. I don't even know where that is. I'm not looking it up. Yep. But it, it I, I was curious. Uh, I did read kind of like the log line of it, and it, 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 and it is starring Brian Mills, who is the main character in the movie. But obviously, the character on the TV poster is much younger. So I was like, is this like a prequel for Taken? Mm-hmm. Like, or is like every episode he's just 
rescuing somebody that's been taken. That's mm-hmm. a lot of it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, yeah, that could be. Well, I'll go ahead and just download it for you and put it on Chris Flicks because I know you're going to want to watch it later. Uh, <laughs> oh, of when, course. When you're busy. No, I'm kidding. All right, well, let's jump into some news, Mike. Let's start with Star Wars. This was um, one of the, the weirdest news articles this week, so I thought I'd jump in right away. Star Wars Skeleton Crew, right? The movie, or the show with uh, Jude Law as a Jedi and the young kids who are, who are different species. are um, It's coming up. But um, actor Jaleel White, who you may know as Urkel is, <laughs> from the 90s, uh, he doesn't like to play that role anymore, by the way, or be acknowledged for it. He apparently is involved with this show somewhere as a cast member. Um, but the other thing was, um, he's not very good with the Disney snipers because he's like, yeah, I'm in it and it's coming out in November or December. Um, everyone's like, Ooh, <laughs> probably shouldn't be telling people that, but yeah, it sounds like he's been out of the, the mainstream, um, uh, machine for a little too long. I guess he yeah. never had to really worry about spoiling, um, family matters, family matters back yeah. in the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But is this, uh, is this kind of the, um, uh, the um, Tarantino approach, right? Where you just kind of pluck an obscure, iconic actor from back in the day that nobody mm. cares about anymore, and you throw him in your uh, throw him in your vehicle. You, you and put you, you put him, him in a, again. Put him in an opposite <laughs> role, like he's the mm-hmm. villain instead of the weird, you know, the 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 Urkel the quirky. I don't know how yeah. to describe Urkel. Like you, you have an Urkel character. Everyone knows who this is. <laughs> so um, yeah, maybe he's the villain. I don't know. He didn't say who he was, but he's like, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, November, December. So, um, looks like we're going to be getting Ahsoka in August, and then right, you know, a couple months later, getting right into Skeleton Crew, Mike. So, um, I believe that show is also done filming. They're in editing, so this is not affected by the writer strike. So, because we have to like put that asterisk on a lot of these shows right now because mm-hmm. some are still work, some are in post production. Post production usually is not affected as much um, by those things. So we'll we'll hopefully be able to. Um, Maintain that schedule, and then the writer strike will get wrapped up sooner than later. We won't have to cover that anymore, uh, and it'll be good for everybody. Uh, switching to Transformers: Rise of the Beast, um, the tickets are, uh, for this are on sale. Mike, if you wanted to go ahead and buy more tickets, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I don't need a Thursday night screening for this movie, right? I, I think that's interesting, uh, you know, for me because Transformers, I don't care, but I do want like something. Maybe you know, we've always talked about like an early morning on a weekend. Um, yeah. Or like an afternoon, something I can go like get one of like the beers from the, the the bar at the theater <laughs> and like sit back and just enjoy myself for for two hours. So yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure how I'm gonna be approaching this one uh, personally. Right, if uh, if the bottom of the barrel for me going to the theater is like Fast X, which is mm-hmm. I'm not going to the movie theaters to watch that one, <laughs> and like Spider Verse is a ten. Right. Yeah. <laughs> For me to definitely I have to see that in, in theaters. Uh, this is maybe coming in at like a like a two. Yeah. Not very strong. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I, I don't I don't know how this is going to be going. Yeah. Well, I, I would like to cover this one, Mike, even in like a 30 minute review, simply because I love Beast Wars. Right. Beast Wars is a big part of me growing up. I can't speak the same for you, but probably, right? Like, you know, Beast Wars. And I want to see how, I want to sit here and just shit on this movie for about half hour with you because I know it's <laughs> going to be bad. I know it's going to be bad. I've seen the trailers. Uh, I'm not excited. I would love to be surprised. Absolutely. But um, yeah, I feel like, I feel like we need to do that. But in a good note, the runtime of this is like four minutes off from Bumblebee. So it's like right at a little under two hours. Mm, so it's not okay. like one of Michael Bay's later films where he just kept getting longer and longer. And you're like, get over, get over with it. But, um, yeah, I think like this is gonna be like a mid afternoon and some beer, you know, kind of kind of movie going experience mm-hmm. for me. So, we'll we'll let you guys know. But tickets are on sale if you want to get them. 
on the flip side, on Monday, uh, literally Monday uh, morning, I like, think first thing, right? Uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse tickets went on sale. Uh, so mm-hmm. if you are interested in seeing this movie, as we are, go buy your tickets. You got to get out there. Yeah. You got to get them early. They're, they're starting to book up. Mike, tell us about what you did. You 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 went a little different for your theater-going yeah. approach on this one. I'm, I'm hyper-paranoid after seeing uh, Mario in a, in a theater full of just immature children. And I'm like, okay, this isn't the exact same audience, but uh, the movie has picked up a lot more steam compared to the the first time the first movie came around like now everybody's eyes are on this uh, franchise so I'm like oh, I'm a little worried so uh, for a limited time uh, Spider-Verse is going to be in IMAX probably for the first week or two so I was like okay step one get my IMAX tickets because those tickets will be more expensive yep. maybe these teens don't have as much money uh, and then I'll go opening night for sure and then luckily I have a theater very close to me in uh, Burbank California which is central located like physically and like holistically in the animation industry so when I went to go buy my tickets I saw a lot of blocks of seats sold right you know rows of like 13 or like just little areas quarantined off with tickets sold so I was like oh I think there's a good chance that I might be seeing this movie with a lot of like industry professionals at like an 8:30 on a Thursday at this theater. So I'm looking forward to this one a little bit more. Uh, awesome because it's going to be in IMAX. I don't believe I saw the first one in IMAX if I remember correctly. So I think this is going to be an awesome screening, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I think it's great. Like so, I um, our IMAX theater is is pretty awful, uh, right? It um, we always joke that we went and. Um, uh, we went and saw Logan when it came out, and one of the seats broke when we sat in it, and they've not oh, repla- no. repaired that seat since Logan. Oh, my uh, God. So we, we don't go back over there anymore. But um, for this one, we decided to to go uh, into uh, the the local, the, I guess the theater we've gone to, the Cinemark across the street, right? The the, the one that we, um, we see all our movies at. So I'm hoping that it's a good experience overall uh, for that. But, you know, I was the first person to buy seats in there. I don't know how... Was yours kind of full when you were buying seats on Monday morning? Not exactly full, but, like, there there were tickets going. Like, probably if you were an idealist and, like, you know, that perfect seat in the middle, like, those were taken, but still mm-hmm. still acceptable things in there. Yeah. Yeah, taken with Liam Neeson. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, but for this, they also released a new trailer to announce this. I, we did watch it. Um, my wife and I, I showed her um, this, this trailer earlier. There's really nothing new in this, right? There is, you know... Uh, spider-man and gwen and it looks like you know the spot and then every other spider person is chasing miles morales spider-man around right um and um the only thing i i would say at this point there is a little scene where a cat in a spider-man outfit the spider cat i believe from the miles morales game uh is swiped at miles face for a little bit so i think that's very entertaining so uh, (laughs) i'm glad the trailers aren't over detailing story mode story points Mm -hmm. right like i'm really really happy for that so I'm going to be avoiding TV spots, anything else kind of going forward. But I'm very, very excited to to kick June off uh, on a good note, right? With with across the Spider Verse along yeah, the way. Yeah, gotta be you gotta be worried with uh with Sony if they start to get a whiff that this movie might underperform their expectations. They'll they'll straight up put like the final spoiler scene in a TV spot. Yeah. to get you into those seats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and they're not really good with their trailers anyway. We've notoriously said that, right? And this one, I'm glad they're they're maybe learning or at least being cautious on this one. So so everyone, it might be time to start maybe blocking those keywords going forward. I don't know, but uh, you know, keep keep your hats on and, and buy your tickets so you can get in their opening weekend and prove to them that these movies 
are, are worth going to see in theaters because a lot of people don't have faith in animation in theaters, but I think I think we do. Uh, I'm just going to say Venom uh, 3 had some news this week, Mike. Uh, the working title for the film is called is Orwell. And most people would know this word or, or associate 1984's George Orwell, the writer, right, for this. So you might think, oh, they're going to 1984. Well, possibly. However, to bring in some side knowledge, there is a character called Orwell Taylor who um, is actually a villain um, or an antagonist against Venom in the Lethal Protector comic book, which they've always tried to pull into the movies, right, that they're, they're doing over with Tom Hardy. Now, so, uh, I, I feel like it's been a while since we've actually, like, talked about Venom mm-hmm. um, in earnest, like, the actual next movie coming out, not just the franchise. Have have they said that this is going to be wrapping up, like, Tom Hardy's role as Venom? This is yeah. kind of, like, the end of it? Yeah, the, yeah. this is, like, the, the last hurrah, I, if you will, um, currently uh, for, for Venom, yeah. Oh, man. I feel I feel like now I've just it's almost like that sunk cost fallacy where I feel like I've put too much time into <laughs> this this uh, silly villain verse to to where it ends with like a whimper like now like give me the dumb crossover movie right yeah. throw Morbius Craven and Venom in a movie and Vulture and whoever else you can randomly yeah. um, the prop up and just make a dumb villain movie that I can okay. just drink a slushy while I watch. So this one's going to be interesting. Um, the, the character Orwell Taylor has ties to the life foundation, which they've always, they've done in the movies, right? Like that's like the, the organization from the first one, but he essentially, they get a lot of armored suits, like Iron Man looking suits, if you will, in the comic books to take on Venom. Um, like to, to like, I guess bring him in if you will. So I'm excited to see if they, you know, actually ramp up. Like the villain isn't just another Venom, right? Like, don't make it another Venom. Make it like a, like an arm, like an Iron Man esque character or something different uh-huh. that we can actually fight, rather than just two goo monsters going at each other the whole movie. Yeah, for a that third would time. Be cool. I mean, I don't know if the MCU has a plan to bring back Justin Hammer, but it'd be kind of mm-hmm. cool to have an alternate MCU version of Justin Hammer. You know, and maybe he's making the suits or something like that. Yeah, it could, it could be. Yeah, I mean, they could they could also just create this this Taylor. They could maybe put what what was his name, um, uh, like Hammer Industries and like the the suit a little bit if they wanted to. Yeah, there's there's a lot of opportunity to to drop that in there. Absolutely. So yeah, we'll 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 keep an eye on that. But I'm excited to see. You know, maybe like you mentioned, it's Venom three. Like diminishing returns are like okay, this is the third one. Let's just do whatever the hell we want rather than just like you said, making two goo monsters fight each other for two movies. So. Um, I'm hoping they're going a little wild on the third one because it's the the last one for them. So maybe we'll get that crossover too. I don't know. I want to see Craven. I want to see this footage from Craven we talked about last, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. where he bit the nose off some dude's face. Now you got to be thinking about that. <laughs> um, speaking of Venom, I'm going to go ahead and drop this first. Uh, Disney Plus Venom and Spider-Man Homecoming officially came to Disney Plus this week. There was a, like, the Spider-Man movies are doing a rollout of all of them adding in there. So, uh, we had the Tobey Maguire and the Andrew Garfield ones, and now we have one Tom Holland and one Venom movie in here. And if you're a stickler for it, I guess Venom is in is watchable for the MCU because of his little cameo at the end of No Way Home, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, so, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised too if you see like a Tom Hardy esque Venom maybe pop up in a big like. Uh, you know, Secret Wars battle mm-hmm. planet scene. The, you know? the the goo did come over, so I wonder. I wonder who it finds in the MCU, right, to be mm-hmm. the the hosts for that. But um, they're on Disney Plus, 
And, um, you know, with that comes the updated timeline. So if you go to the Disney Plus, click Marvel timeline, it'll show you where Spider-Man Homecoming falls into play um, in here. Pretty pretty, pretty cool. But the other part of this is, um, and I sent this to you, there's, was it like a Disney like a earnings call or something this week? I forget. Yeah, I think it, I think it was a quarterly earnings. Yeah, so um, Bob Iger confirmed that um, later this year, there, there will be a combined Disney Plus and a Hulu app available for people to download. Um, currently, and, and I think he said they're going to maintain the individual ones as well, which makes no sense, but whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, it feels like something that would probably be uh, sunset after a while, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm guessing you you keep the Disney Plus app that you have in a way, like the app, the software tile that you have downloaded on your phone, and then just Hulu uh, library gets added to mm. Disney Plus would be my guess. Well, and and I think from what I've heard is you go in, and you open the app, and then you choose which one you want to go into at the start. Which is, I don't know why they don't just do it. like you have Disney Plus, you choose whether you want like Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, Discovery, mm-hmm. or not Discovery, National Geographic, and then in other countries the fifth tile is literally Hulu. I'm like, well, do that. Like just just make you open the Disney Plus app and hear all five of your categories you want, right? Um, or all, but it doesn't matter. But this is kind of fueling a little theory that Disney may be looking at a full Hulu buyout by the end of the year, Mike, or, or next year. To Yeah, it, to it, it's one out. of those situations where I believe NBC Universal almost has the power over the situation. I feel yeah. like they could eat, they can either force an entire sale of it and Disney would have to buy it, um, or I guess they could, they could, put up a flag and say like hey we would like to purchase it but we've had this conversation before of like yeah. what actually is hulu at the end of the day when you purchase it so um i don't know it sounds like it's just a little it's just like it's a messy streaming world out there right mm-hmm. now where things are going away being combined together i think also on the earnings call there was like um a tidbit where they might pull a little bit of a david zaslov and remove some things Yep. from their streaming services so they don't have to pay the the licensing fee for it so mm. i mean right yeah I, chris I, I feel like you feel more vindicated every day with your own <laughs> uh with your own separate offline uh library my, my, of all, my, all yeah. the things that you like <laughs> well uh, yeah exactly and you know again I, you know we chastise hbo for moving things i would say disney plus the same way like i you know don't build an app saying it's the home for everything and then start removing stuff like you know, you're going against the whole idea of it. So, um, I like the idea of consolidation between Hulu and Disney. Like, I like how other countries do that. Yes, but I don't like the idea of content being removed from it. So, I guess it maybe it depends on what it is. I, you know, again, they have algorithms, numbers, data that show, hey, we're paying more to host this and keep it up, and people rather than more pe- than people are actually watching it. So, you need to be fiscally responsible. Everybody in every industry is cutting costs this year, right? Um, I would say the other thing that we never really talked about for Disney is that there's always, like every month, one little little news week. Is Apple buying Disney, Mike? Is <laughs> is Apple buying? Like, do you hear this as well? Like as much as I do. Like, I, once I, a it's month. It's funny that you bring that up because I heard it for the very first time, like maybe within the last week, and to me, it just sounds so absolutely ludicrous that that acquisition would ever get approved um through like the the ftc or fcc i don't remember which governing body uh controls that but like that would be like talk about like a monopoly situation i know apple is technically a technology company but we don't need companies 
of this magnitude um, combining together. And also, mm-hmm. usually when you um, try to pitch an acquisition, right, you kind of have to like uh, put the word out there, like, oh, this acquisition needs to happen because we need to be able to compete. Like, yeah, uh, what competitor out there is so dangerous? that apple and disney would have to merge like that's insane the only (laughs) yeah um maybe aliens mike at this point Um, (laughs) yeah yeah they're they're starting to we're starting to get those radio waves that come in uh from an alien planet that's free content all people need is an alien antenna and they'll get free brand new stuff that's right uh the only the only reason i think it comes up is because the only company with enough money to possibly buy disney would be apple right like I think that's the only reason ever because what other company would have the funding to buy Disney mm-hmm. offhand? Like maybe Microsoft occasionally, um, you know, these computer companies. Uh, but like, yeah, I don't think I don't think it would ever happen or get get that far to get approval. But I might. Yeah, this is just wild. You know that we're in a, I guess, economy world where like Disney Disney needs to be bought out because they're not making enough money, kind of thing. I'm like, I don't think that's true at all. Um, Disney is bringing back the dining plan, though, Mike. I'm very excited about that. The Disney dining plan of the parks. I know. Uh, things, like like you always tell me, Mike, the world is healing. Things are coming back to normal. Um, that was one of the the things that, what's his name? Um, Bad Bob Chapek took away from mm. the parks. I think they also did it for um, COVID, right? You know, no eating in the parks, no food in the parks. But um, they, they are bringing back the dining plan, which is my favorite part of going to Disney is the dining plan. Because then you don't have to carry cash. You just buy your lightsabers uh, with with your little <laughs> wristband. Everything else is, is taken care of. But um, anyway, but yeah, I, I would like, I think, Mike, for me, I don't want an app where I open it up and have to choose Disney Plus or Hulu. That's just an extra step than uh-huh. keeping the two apps side by side on my, my screen. Do you see, I, I would like it to be natively built in, but like, do you see yourself using uh, a combined app or sticking to the individual's? Well, I mean, I you would think if you're bringing these two apps together, do you raise the price? Because I feel like Disney Plus is still kind of artificially low in cost compared mm-hmm. to the competition out there. I mean, uh, yeah. Max, the Max streaming service is supposed to remain the same price, which well, that, is that, great. But that on went our up. End. That went up recently. Apple TV went up a dollar a month, I think, recently. Yeah, and yeah, so, the Disney Plus with ads just went up a dollar as well. Yeah. And then on top of that, there's the there's the Disney Hulu bundle. So like does if you have that, like does that price go down because now Hulu is part of Disney Plus? It really to me just comes down to price. It doesn't really matter to me exactly how I get to the content. There's stuff that I would prefer for sure, but it's more of like the cost of like, well, I pay for Disney Plus and I also pay for Hulu. So does that mean I need, I get to cancel my Hulu subscription now? Or, oh, I mean, yeah, I no, don't... They're not going to do that at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care so much about keeping track of what I'm watching. Like, we're doing a rewatch of uh, Modern Family, right? Now, if they're just like, oh, well, you're going to lose all your watch history if you end your Hulu subscription and you start watching it on Disney Plus. Like, I don't care. I'll just remember yeah. where I left off. So, I guess it, yeah. it's really just going to come down to the dollars. Well, and I, I think dollars will be one for one for me. I, I want a I want a good experience. I hate when people make apps just make apps. Right at the end of the day, that like really, uh, I wouldn't say gets my goat, but it's just like ugh, really like your app needs to be intuitive. If I'm going to be using it frequently, um, to to kind of do that kind of stuff. But oh well, if you guys listeners have any any preferences or indi- in inclinations, write in. Let us know because I would like to know what everybody else thinks about this. We're obviously. Again, on 
we're, I think we're in the same boat, just thinking about different things at the end of the day. Uh, Wonder Man, the show at Disney Plus that is now not in production due to the WGA strike, which is fine. Um, the synopsis has been released by The Hollywood Reporter, and I think a lot of this stuff is information coming out because of the productions, right, happening. Uh, and Wonder Man, the synopsis is now, gives a superhero's perspective on the entertainment industry centering on a Hollywood stuntman and actor trying to make it big in the movies. So uh, the idea is the actor is um, Trevor Slattery, right? He uh, Ben Kingsley is returning to play his acting, his actor role, um, Trevor. And then um, that Wonder Man himself will be the stuntman, but he has to get power somehow, Mike, right? So how would... How does he get powers, and, and does that offer more opportunity because he's a stuntman with abilities? I don't know. That is, that is kind of that is kind of interesting, right? Because you would be the ultimate stuntman in a way, where you could do any stunt. They could put you through anything. But then, what what a I would say a waste of your skills overall, right? Because mm. if you are like ultimately powerful, like maybe there's a little bit more that you could do with your life. But at the same time, what I would imagine if you're a superpowered superhero. Uh, are a super powered uh, stuntman you're gonna go from stuntman to celebrity very quickly just yeah. when people find out you know just like how like she hulk became like famous and an icon and was on you know tv and news as we saw through her season mm -hmm. so that could be kind of like a fun trajectory to see him like work his way through uh uh, through the industry with his powers. Yeah, because like you know, you become the person who does their own stunts at the end of the day. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I'd be, I'm, I'm interested in this. You know, I know very little. You know, um, uh, showrunner, I believe showrunner, maybe the writer, one of the two is uh, uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, who did Shang Chi, right, and is, is working on the first, I believe, the King. It's not King War. Secret Wars is the other one. King Dynasty, the director of the King Dynasty movie. So, um, very excited to kind of see what comes out of this. Very little is known, but excited to kind of see it at the end of the day. Also in Marvel World, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, for Fun fact, again, if nobody knows this, there is the F word in this movie for, for anyone who, who I wanted to Where was it? Because I, I remember people saying, they're like, oh, that was such a great place to use it. And I was like, I just didn't catch it when I was watching the movie. Yeah, so uh, spoilers if anyone doesn't want to know this, move ahead. But it's whenever um, they're getting in the old car and Nebula cannot find the button to get in the car. She's like, okay, I've pushed the button. Now what do you? Now what do I do? And he's like, open the fucking door. Um, oh, <laughs> I did yeah. not catch that. Maybe yeah. maybe I was just so engrossed in the moment that yeah. I was like, no, it's it feels very natural. This is yeah. where this is where. It'd be. So Disney, uh, you know, you know, James Gunn, he was like, Disney, Marvel never asked me to do anything, remove anything at all, um, and they he was worried that they were gonna do that, but he he didn't. The Disney and Kevin Feige didn't. Um, but Kevin was like, do you want to be known to be the first person to put an F word in, in the Marvel movies? And he's like, he's like, if you're trying to convince me not to do it, you're not helping because yeah, I, that's like, what I want to be known for. Yeah. So, um, so that does, that does keep it PG 13. You're, you're allowed one in, in the use. So, um, very, very, very funny moment. So that, that's funny. And the other thing is he also unveiled, like there was one song that they did not get to put in the movie because of legal issues, I think with the song itself, not necessarily Disney's legal trying to acquire the song. Um, so that's, um, that's like the first time he said that's happened as well. So, 
Um, it's just a little, little inside baseball there, Mike. I thought that was kind of fun to, to kind of hear that as James comes out yeah. doing his press tours and stuff like that. Yeah, there's been lots of uh, cool things like behind the scenes. Like uh, it's like a new era of behind the scenes when it comes to directors being on social media. I think the last time we talked about this was the director from Shazam. He was very much an online type of guy, and I saw him posting a lot of behind the scenes stuff of Fury of the Gods when that movie came out. And James Gunn's been doing the same thing as well, which is great. Like if you just follow him on social media, you're seeing like behind the scenes, like rehearsals of the fight scene with uh, Peter and Groot in that uh, in the uh, the high evolutionaries like mm. office, if you will. Uh, there's there's a, a lot of hilarious behind the scenes content of the Peter Quill body double. So yeah, uh, yeah just go just go give James Gunn a follow if you want some cool behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, and he you know you know I, I know Mike you've you've chastised him before for being too social on social media, right? Um, well, when it comes to the order of the DC universe, yeah. if you if he's posted behind he, the scenes stuff, that's fine. He yeah he's he's not afraid to go out and call people out like reporters like yeah they're like hey you know. Superman's down to one person. They've already hired him, and he's like, "That's not true at all." Like, mm-hmm. like he's he's calling out like, quote unquote, scoopers and like leakers. That like actively, he's like, "No, that's not true at all." Why would you? Why would you make this up? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I I do appreciate that about him as well. Uh, in those moments, I will. Um, I also put on. I I actually ordered the soundtrack for Guardians Three on vinyl this week, Mike. So if anyone is a collector of the soundtracks, because everyone loves the soundtracks, you can go ahead and pick those. Um, the vinyls are for order. Um, and then you get different colors based on where you order them, all that fun collectible stuff. So pick those up. I also saw this this morning, and I forgot to add it in here, Mike. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 now holds a world record for most on-set prosthetics in a film. That's what happens when you are an established director in a third version of your film, right? Like yeah. they trust you enough and you have a big enough budget where you can do that because most of the time – they're just throwing, you know, those tracking dots on like and, the extras' face. <laughs> and and you have in this movie again from the trailers the the um, animal people, right? The the, mm-hmm. the the animal, I guess, anthropomorphized animals mm-hmm. on this planet. You have a lot of aliens um, because simply because it is an alien, you know, it's in space and they're aliens. Uh, it has twenty two thousand five hundred pieces. The previous record holder for this was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So no one's even come close in the past, like, 23 years. Yeah. Uh, the, the number to me is funny because it, it's absolutely meaningless to me. Like, yeah. I just I just don't, like, how does that, does that fill a dump truck? You yeah. know, does that fill, a, like, a, you know, a Honda Fit? I don't know what that is. So I, I do find the, the number humorous. Yeah. Uh, 22,500 prosthetics, 500 wigs, and 130 facial hair pieces. Mm. Um, to so. me, this also feels like, too, when you buy, like, Tupperware off of like Amazon mm-hmm. where it says like it's a 16 piece set but they're counting the lids you know as the pieces and it's actually only like eight containers uh, so yeah I don't <laughs> the number is meaningless but it is it is fun to me that yeah. they use so many prosthetics one of those behind the scene videos that I was talking about was a gun just at interviewing like a couple kids that were like in these ant prosthetic masks and he was just like, what's the worst prosthetic that you've had to wear so far during my movie? And they're like, oh, this one for sure, because it's hot. <laughs> Man. Yeah, and, and it's funny because also two of the main characters are literally CGI-only characters of, the, mm-hmm. of this whole movie. So you're like, bodies aren't even the, the main characters. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's fun. And glad they gave him the ability to do so and didn't say, hey, you have to CGI all this stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, 
absolutely fantastic. If you've not watched it, go check it out. Um, it's still raking in money at the box office, so we'll we'll cover that more more maybe next week when we get a good three weeks under the belt. Uh, speaking of James Gunn, though, Superman Legacy uh, rumor is that they're casting, and I quote, an apex Lex Luthor for this movie. Oh and uh, reading that out loud, it sounds like a weird <laughs> flex for Lex Luthor, right? You're like, what, what's he doing? But apparently it's a version of, of Lex Luthor from the comic books. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just, just in general, I am so sick and tired of Superman legacy, like, rumors, especially when God. it comes to all the casting, casting stuff like yeah like there so if, if if you are somebody that has abandoned uh the twitter app which uh, you can rightfully do and no one's going to judge you uh the twitter app now has two different tabs on it it's they have a for like a for you tab and then also your followers tab and uh, sometimes i forget which one i'm on and if i go for the for you tab the algorithm has deemed that I want to see all of the DC uh, drama out there in the world, and it's infuriating. I'm trying to figure out a way to like de-incentivize the algorithm mm-hmm. from showing me all of this nonsense. It's just a bunch of annoying fanboys just arguing back and forth about like Superman casting, the fitness of James Gunn as a filmmaker, and going on both sides of the argument. Yeah. It's like so dumb. And I just don't care. <laughs> like I've never yeah. not cared about something so much. And also, it's like. It's like so like superfluous in a way too because I feel like if casting especially for superhero movies has proved over and over and over and over again it's uh they can turn any actor out there into a hero when you don't suspect it right you know cue like the Hugh Jackman articles or the Heath Ledger articles or all of these other articles right and at the same time uh, these superhero movies all the time will cast amazing actors, right, in in uh, iconic roles, and they don't do anything with them. Like you know, think of just like Christian Bale as like mm-hmm. Gore the God Butcher. Like what a what a wasted casting out there, right? So it's like to me, like casting is just one of those things where you just gotta you just gotta wait and see, right? You know, if there if the actor is not historically tied to it in any way, kind of like you know, we're waiting for like the Fantastic Four casting to see if they actually go with like the John Krasinski and Emily Blunt method or not. So yeah, we're kind of waiting to hear back on that. But like when it comes to like Superman, like I don't care who it is. Like just mm. pick somebody and get it over with already. It's just so annoying to me. Well, I'll tell you who it's not. Henry Cavill. That's all we need <laughs> to know. Like, it's, it's somebody new. They will, they will pick someone again, whether the thing about Guardians is right. Every character in all those movies, you know, even though Ronan didn't get a chance to shine too much in the first one, everything he's, casted in his movies has been great right like you know he pulled chris pratt out of parks and rec right like a like a i wouldn't say overweight but like just an average weight man into like a very muscular leading actor right out of a tv show like he he can pull he he knows what he's doing and i trust him to do whoever it is whether we know that actor or not doesn't really matter right at the end of the day like they're gonna find someone who does a good job and and um, the, the the funny thing is, it's just as you as you said online the the fucking soapboxes people get on like they will die yeah. on hills that nobody else even knows exist uh, <laughs> except, except yeah. them. Yeah, it's been really funny to see the um, kind of the Snyder fandom do their best to try to take James Gunn like down a peg or two. Like yeah. they just do not like that he's in charge and like this vocal minority is just like grasping at straws because I feel like we've levied fair criticism against uh, James Gunn, mm-hmm. especially when we talked about uh, season one of Peacemaker 
and we did ultimately like Peacemaker, right? But, yeah. the, you know, you're starting to kind of see some things as you get more example of James Gunn's work that maybe we don't vibe with the most. But at the same time, you cannot argue with his box office success, his critical success, yeah. his audience fan reaction, right? If you're going to go the, the the dual side of Rotten Tomatoes. So it's just, it's been really funny. I'm, I'm hoping once we get a couple movies into this new uh, Peter Safran, James Gunn universe, like the, the Snyder voices will just get buried and like oh, die out. My favorite thing is that they, they're, they're like the Snyder fans are like are picking these days. They're going to announce WB has reinstated Zack Snyder and his universe are like coming back. I'm like, I, I, I think the people running these don't believe it, but they know they can get like followers and ad clicks by convincing all these idiots to, to follow them. So give the mouse a cookie. They gave them the biggest cookie of all time, which was Zack Snyder's cut mm-hmm. yeah, they gave of him... Justice League. So now they think they can get whatever they want. They, they threw him a bone and, and they, and they mm-hmm. really shouldn't have, but either way, um, what this casting sounds like is, you know, back to James and the movie is they're going to use Lex Luthor. Um, I, you know, this would be what the third Superman movie in a row that has Lex Luthor as the villain. I mean, I know he is a villain for Superman, but Superman has a lot of villains, right? I mean, honestly, Lex Luthor is an awesome character if you can just execute him appropriately. Because the coolest part about him is kind of in a sense of like Batman is you have an unpowered person that will just go to great lengths to like compete out there in the world with these like super powered people right you know batman's on the side of good lex Luthor is on the side of himself yeah. so that, that's what or, i always liked about the character and, is like he's he's always like 10 steps ahead and, and it's not necessarily himself he's on the side of like humanity right he's like the normal people the unpowered people are who he stands for and that's what he believes in right He's like, we don't need an alien to save us. We can do it ourselves. Kind we of. just need capitalism. Yeah. Um, real estate. He needs lots and lots of real estate, according to <laughs> yes. the older Superman movies. But, um, yeah, so they're casting an Apex Lex Luthor. Now, this version of Lex Luthor came around in the 90, or not 90s, uh, 2019, 2000s. Um, and he is essentially a powered-up version uh, where he is a half-human, half-Martian hybrid if you will like he is resurrected as like half marsh like martian manhunter their species half human and it literally gives them the abilities to kill the justice league um and it's it's wild to to imagine in your first movie um a lex luther that's not just a regular human right he's like half alien yeah, I mean, like, historically, there's always, like, stories where he, like, finds power in a way, yeah. right? Either it's, like, I don't know, like a oh, like a suit or, like, maybe, like, a random, like, serum or something like that, right? So, I mean, I could see maybe that's a route that they go. So, instead of doing, like, a mechanical suit, maybe he's, like, experimenting James in a lab. James Gunn loves like aliens in his movie, so, right? Like, uh-huh. Guardians of the Galaxy, Slither. His Suicide Squad and Peacemaker are both alien mm-hmm. film movies and shows. So I wouldn't be surprised. Again, Superman is an alien. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if he does, like, some sort of, like, Lex Luthor discovers, you know, the Martian breed or creature's race. And he's like, I need to infuse her DNA with mine. Like, and pull that kind of card in the third act. But mm-hmm. I really, really was hoping they'd pull somebody else out. Like, not Doomsday, right? Not Not Lex Luthor, but, like... Who else could be a Superman villain that you know that we we've seen over the years? Like pull something else out. 
Um, yeah. Well, also too, a lot of the the casting rumors that are getting floated around out there, and I think they they've even confirmed it on on kind of gun side is they're kind of looking for a younger actor yeah. right i think that's one thing that we do know so if we're kind of looking at like a year one year two superman type of situation um like he's got a superman's got to make big got to make uh, big noises out there in the world to kind of get on lex's uh radar so we'll see how that goes yeah yeah absolutely and and you know with it called superman legacy I'm interested to see what that pulls into play, right? Like, what what does it mean, and and how how is this character used? Because there's tons of ways to use them, tons of stories. You know, one of the oldest, most known superheroes with all the stories, and they always do the same story, the same one every time. Well, so, well, now one thing that's interesting, like thinking about the title and everything. So it, we're still trying to like nail down what exactly this universe looks like, right? And Gunn is trying to create like a mainline universe that we can follow. So like Superman's got to be older, I would assume in Peacemaker, right? Well, he, he wouldn't necessarily, I mean, Peacemaker, there's no guarantee that Suicide Squad and Peacemaker are technically in this universe, right? They could retcon it a little bit, if you will, right? Because those were made pre his hire and directive to make these things. So I don't think he's going to try to backfill because the Suicide Squad is a sequel to Suicide Squad. And those are like, those aren't related anymore, right? So I feel there's going to be some retconning along the way, if you will. Like, even the Flash and Aquaman are in there. So do you think Flashpoint will will just wipe all this clean? We don't have to worry about. Oh it? yeah, I I do keep forgetting about Flashpoint. Yeah, that can yeah. fix a lot of it's, this. It's the Flash, but we all know it's Flashpoint people. Like we, we it's what it's going to be. So I think Flash will rewrite a lot of this for us, and we won't have to worry about it going forward. So knock on wood. But yeah, Superman Legacy, uh, Lex Luthor. Yet again, the, the main villain of a Superman movie. Uh, but speaking of Superman, uh, the only other place we currently get to see Superman is on the CW. And the CW is um, sad, sadly transitioning away from scripted television, Mike. Yeah, dying yet again. <laughs> yes. The investor, was it Nexstar Group or something like that a couple of years ago we talked about? They are a company that believes in um, unscripted television, so a la reality shows, right? Cooking shows, mm-hmm. DIY shows, stuff like that. Um, and they're looking to re- reduce their scripted shows to, again, save costs and do whatever it is. They need to get more ad sponsors, get more viewership. Um, we're not watching the CW, so I can't really say we're helping the situation here. Um, currently, The Flash is airing its last season. I think there's only like a handful of episodes left, right? Maybe. Yeah, I, th- I think it ends this month. Like, I, I, maybe at the end of the month, it's I think it's May- the last episode. May or June, one of the two, right? So, like, it's, it's in its final 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 weeks here so we'll probably be talking about that at the end um when it wraps up um if you're a supernatural fan the first season of the winchesters has been canceled there but they've been shot it's been shot elsewhere mike um and one of the homes it's looking for is the mac service as well uh produced by um actually jensen ackles one of the actors of supernatural and uh, in uh the boys as um uh was soldier boy soldier boy and then currently the other note is that there are two dc shows um, after the Flash is done, that will that are currently up in the air about which what's going to go on. Now there are theories that only one of these shows will live on past this this current season, right? One, um, Superman and Lois is currently in its third season uh, and and going strong. It actually gets like over a million views an episode, um, but it is the highest cost of these two shows. The other one is Gotham Knights, the newer show uh, with the that I have not heard anything about this show at all. 
Um, mm-hmm. But it is a much lower cost show to maintain, but it has about half the viewership of Superman and Lois. So they're up in the air on which one of these is going to continue on for at least one more season, Mike, at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it is kind of sad in a way almost that all of this kind of, um, like, I guess, Berlanti CW superhero stuff is kind of ending on not necessarily like a whimper, but you do kind of wish that maybe they could have coalesced something at the very end, right? You know, mm-hmm. maybe one final crossover event to close out all of the shows would have been really cool, but it seems like that only would have been possible if they it, decided to go out on top, right, when they still had the ability to do all yeah, that. Yeah, I think the Flash, you know, they brought back what's-his-name from Arrow, and they're trying to do that in their final season, but not the final episode. Mm-hmm. But, like, honestly, you know, most of them are already done, right? Like, like we've been we've been trickling these shows down, like, slowly yeah, turning the faucet off <laughs> over, over the past yeah. several years. And that's why it feels like we've done this news segment at least four or five times already. Um, The the transition of the CW to me almost feels like when when a a radio station in your area gets bought out. Right. You know, you just you turn to that dial one day and all of a sudden it's a totally different branded radio station. They're doing something totally different because like somebody came in like an investor bought it all bought it out and they're just trying to re-strategize and that seems like that's probably what's happening here of just like hey we have a tv channel here that's broadcast over the airwaves and also on a lot of cable packages uh you got viewers here but you know we're, we're just gonna yeah. bring in like new content i mean i did see a headline that they're gonna they're they're hiring uh one of the somebody connected to the show kim's convenience which i love is going to be working on a comedy for the cw so it seems like at least there's going to be an attempt to make some scripted content over yeah, there. But, yeah, not everything, reality but shows like, are usually cheaper and yeah, faster. And they can make scripted shows without effects, right? Like like comedies are very, very basic, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, there are things you build a couple sets, reuse the sets all season. You don't need a special effects for Superman or, like, you know, um, other things like that. So I, I totally see other scripted content for going there, but like, yeah, the 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 days of the Berlanti, the superheroes, the CW, the Arrowverse, we are we are witnessing the end here. And I think I don't think Gotham Knights is even a part of this, right? I think nobody. Yeah, even... I think it's yeah, it's it's probably more associated, if anything, with like maybe like the Titans it's kind not... of style of universe. Well, yeah, but like it's got the characters from Titans and Gotham Knights, like like mm-hmm. uh, I guess like uh, his sons and whatever. I'm like, this is. It's, it's a weird thing to live in. They just made it because of the game was coming out, I think, and the game didn't really do very well either. So uh, I'm not going to count Gotham Knights, but if Superman and Lois go out the same time The Flash does, this is what I would say the nail in the coffin for all that stuff. Yeah. And, and we can bury it and be thankful we yeah. had it for a while. Maybe the way to look at it is the ending of The Flash will kind of be the send-off, and then whenever the last, like, uh, Superman and Lois uh, ends, that'll be kind of like the epilogue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I might go back, uh, when the flash wraps up and watch some of the final episodes because, um, the, the fan base has really not liked the last couple of seasons for sure. Especially if you go on IMDb and look at the ratings, but the last couple episodes, there's been some uptick, right? You know, we're talking about consistent, like fives and fours out of 10 across the board for most of these episodes. And then just the other week, 
So people are starting to kind of tune back into these final episodes. You know what I you know what I say, Mike? It's the last flash episodes of the year. We can't hold anything back. So (laughs) they are going all out here. I believe yeah, you know, um I'd like to watch the end of it. You know, it it was a great, you know, show to start, but you can only have so many people running faster than Barry Allen. For yeah. to, to to work, there, but, yeah. There's two episodes, two episodes left. The last one airs on uh, May 24th. Okay, so it is this month. Great. So yep. So CW will will be you know talking. Well, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the Flash when that comes up. But um, we'll see. It's very funny. It's wrapping up right before the movie, Mike. Maybe maybe we'll see Grant Gustin appear in there since Ezra oh. appeared in a Flash episode once. So um, we'll, we'll 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 come back whenever the Flash movie comes out and talk about that. But yeah, uh, last bit of news here. This is I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is already spoilery territory for Fast Ten. Um, so you know, I, if you if you don't want to know anything about Fast Ten, get out. You can you know jump oh. forward. And, you know, Chris, hear the I beg scenes. you, spoil whatever you can for me. This is gonna be the unique opportunity. You, you sent this to me, so so this you sent this to me. So this is actually your oh, bit okay. of news. Um, <laughs> but everyone else, if you don't care, get get out of here. So Fast Ten uh, is releasing. Uh, is that next month or later this month? Um, uh, I think it's. I'm gonna type. It I don't here. know. Why would I know? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, May nineteenth. So it actually is uh, next week. Holy hell! Um, so that's why this is out. So you have the end credit scene. The end credit scene features a return of a character and an actor who said they would never come back to this fucking franchise, Mike. And it's this is this is great because I have a a, a meme to go along with this. I'll send over to you um, in our messages here. But uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, is the post-credit scene of Fast 10 uh, as they kick off getting ready to start filming Fast 11, the last Fast movie, they say, in the franchise, if you will. Um, But uh, this all boils down to a couple of things, and I believe it all starts with the failure of Black Adam last year, Mike. (laughs) Uh, Is this picture I sent you shows it bombed critically and financially? Uh, the Rock supposedly committed financial fraud. I've not heard this yet. This is interesting. Yeah, it's the first I've heard of that. Uh, it killed the DCEU, correct? It killed Henry Cavill's career as Superman. The last time we'll see him. And now he's going back on his word that he would never, ever work with Vin Diesel <laughs> again. Also, I think it's safe to say it, it also killed the Shazam universe as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. It didn't do any favors to any de- the, mm-hmm. the last... the like. I think if you would have taken Black Adam out of that, Shazam might have been maybe just a hair better i don't know mm-hmm. um but um i don't know i don't know how that movie affects that but it's funny that he is now going back on all of his words and threats about never you know returning this franchise i'll put it this way as much as i like the dog on the rock uh he is a businessman at the end of the day and this is a good business decision oh, right absolutely <laughs> when everything <laughs> is falling out around you 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 hold on to the most expensive we- golden star-studded ship that you could find you 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 find that paycheck and you chase it it's what you do and, mm-hmm. and fast the fast movies are always a paycheck what i love about the fast movies are to me they are essentially every every fast movie without any movie in between is an next avengers movie right like hey mm-hmm. we we've now upped the ante yet again for the next movie the villain in the last one is now a hero in this one and um we we, we keep growing our cast of characters as we kind of go along with it right and this I, is like I, everything I do so. have to say, even even though I have no allegiance to these fast movies at all, and I and I don't care, and eventually I get around to watching them, I was excited to see that he's coming back because uh, I, I'm still curious who the hell the 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 mysterious voice was in Hobbs and Shaw, right? Yeah. Uh, does this mean we're gonna get a sequel and we finally get to 
to find out what the what the detached technological screen voice was that was pulling the boys around during that movie. I didn't particularly love the movie, but I would like the mystery solved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think there is an opportunity to come back to this universe full-heartedly for, for The Rock, right? Like, you know, while, again, Fast 11 may be the, the final Fast movie, there are turn like, there are opportunities for these spinoffs to to do this, like Hobbs and Shaw, or like, um, you pick another, John Cena is like another big name actor, right? He could have a spinoff if he wanted to. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it's great to have all of your characters finally back for your final movie, Mike. Like, well, that- maybe final movie because on the red carpet, they were teasing that this could be a three part finale. Oh, even though they've said that it was going to be two parts. So I don't know That's if fun. this was like just some PR fishing of just like, hey, go out there on the red carpet and float the idea of a third movie and see what people think. <laughs> yeah, well, even even if it's three movies, like have them all together in the final outing if you split the last mm. one into two, I guess, um, to, to make it. But like, yeah, like I, I've not seen Fast 9 yet myself. Um, I don't I don't even know if I've seen all of Hobbs and Shaw in one, one sitting. Um, so I need to revisit those before Fast 10 comes out next week. I will not be going to theater to see this, I feel. But, um, again, like you said, I got to see the craziness they're doing. Um, they've got Brie Larson back, right? She's Or not back. Professor, and Jason Momoa is the villain. So uh, I'm interested to see these at the end of the day. Uh, just to see what they do with them. Not because I care about anything. I agreed with you. Not not precious on it at all. So. <laughs> Uh, that's a fun way to wrap up the show, Mike. But uh, let's let's go ahead and get out of here. We'll be back next week with more. But if people know what you're up to, what you're doing, what can they find you at, man? Oh, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can read my webcomic at Life Rewards Risk and liferewardsrisk.com. Chris, if people want to find you, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Valdan87, uh, or anything with video games, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. If people know about the show, we're doing, our next review is what, Spider-Man, I think, if, if nothing else pops up in the meantime. So uh, we're going to get all these good episodes at every week. Until then. Yes, if you want to get all of our goodies, it's at SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to see everything that we've talked about this week and the weeks in the past, SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can get merch, SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We're out there, people. We got digital homes, and we want you to digitally visit them. Uh, we love you, and we want to know what you're watching and what you're thinking of. Uh, are you tired of Superman casting rumors, or are you a normal person that's not terminally on the internet like we are all the mm-hmm. time that gets just bombarded with all this stuff? Uh, let us know how your life is going. And uh, if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend and share the show with a buddy. And we'll be here every week, folks. That's right, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.